guys welcome to this episode i'm so excited guys every single episode i'm like i actually can't believe i started a podcast but thank you guys once again for coming to listen to me again as promised we have another speaker that will be reading chapter seven and chapter eight her name is faith faith is a sister of mine i call her my sister because she's just so amazing and me and her we can actually pass for twin sister just because she's just so amazing and i think we look alike but this girl is a, a researcher she can research any information for you like she enjoys it and another thing that she enjoys doing is chemistry she's not a nerd but anyways thank you faith once again for being on this podcast Thank you for accepting the invitation and I would allow her to introduce herself. Hi guys, I'm so excited to be joining the podcast today. My name is Faith and I'm just excited for the opportunity to read um, the Bible code, Finding Jesus in Every Book with you guys. Um, yeah, and I'm going to read in chapter 7 and chapter 8. So I'm going to start with chapter 7, which is Finding Jesus in Judges. The book of Judges, beginning after the death of Joshua and extending to the reign of King Saul, was a transition time for the children of Israel. These snapshots in their long history depict a time when they forgot God and pursued the pagan gods of Canaan. The author comes right to the point, declaring, Another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers who brought them out of the land of Egypt. Joshua 2 verses 10 and 12. During this period, God repeatedly raised up a series of judges, among them Gideon and Samson, whom he appointed to defend his people, point them back to the Lord and restore the peace among them. More than any book in the Bible, Judges describes the time in which we are living today. The last phrase in this book speaks volumes about their situation and ours. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Like our Jewish forefathers in the faith, we are living in a world today where relativism is rampant and everyone does what is right in his or her own eyes. What, just few years ago, slithered down the dark path of allies of our culture and parades proudly down the main street of virtually every city, town, and village in America. The people of God and judges continually repeated a pathetic pattern. They would rebel against their God and his words. Then they would would face judgment. This was followed by God providing a judge, a deliverer for them, which would then be followed by a time of repentance and restoration. But it never lasted. Soon the entire process would be repeated over and over and over again. As is recorded in the 21 chapters of Judges. Written across this book of the Old Testament is the truth of Hebrews 12, 6 verses 10, 6 to 10. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Judges is the story of the good news. Man falls into sin, God brings judgment. Man cries out to God for pardon, God delivers him. This is the story of Jesus. Here is Jesus in Judges. Here is grace abounding more than sin. The Israelites may have forgotten their God, but God did not. God will not forget his people. In Judges, we can glimpse our own faithful judge. 
the Lord Jesus Christ. This book is a living testimony of God's faithfulness. If we were faithless, he remains faithful. 2 Timothy 2 verses 13 The role of the judges as the divinely appointed deliverers points to the judge who is yet to come, our Lord Jesus. His is the the one correct where ultimate and perfect justice will prevail. Those of us who have put our trust in Christ will want to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Here, our works would be judged, not our sins. Our sins were judged on the cross. One of the most beautiful aspects of this judgment of the saints is that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Christ, our judge and advocate, will plead our case, and God cannot and will not see our sins through the blood of Jesus. On the other hand, those who never trusted in Christ, as our personal saviour, will stand before the great white throne where they will give an account for their lives and the degree of their eternal punishment will be decided on. In his New Testament letter, James warned, the judge is standing at the door, James 5 verse 9. The Lord Jesus, our faithful judge, used the same imagery when he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelations three twenty to twenty one. We find Jesus walking through these chapters in Judges, personified and pictured in the lives of these faithful deliverers. He is and will be our faithful judge. Ultimately, we can rest in the truth of Genesis eighteen verses twenty five. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And that ends chapter 7. I think it was a very interesting chapter. It definitely brings into light salvation and how we see salvation in the book of Judges when um, God did not forget his people and even when they had left and departed from him. We see very study examples that could be related to what's in the New Testament of God reminding us that even when we fall, he is there to pick us up. And then we see later into the New Testament how Jesus is our salvation. And that is reflected in churches when God saves his people. I think it's a very interesting chapter. Now on to chapter 8. Chapter 8 is Finding Jesus in Ruth. One of the most descriptive and dilted pictures of Christ is found in the person of Boaz in the book of Ruth. Famine had come to Judea. There was no bread in Bethlehem, the house of bread. So a man by the name of Elimelech took his wife Naomi and their two sons and fled to the land of Moab, settling there. In due time, the sons each married Moabite women. The Moabites were a race who had been born in incest and observed a false religion that was very antithesis of the Jewish faith of Elimelech and his family. Over time, Naomi's husband died and also her two sons. She, having heard the famine had ended, was now determined to return to Bethlehem. She encouraged her daughter-in-laws to go back to their own people and their own gods. One of them did just that. The other, Ruth, clung to Naomi, entreating, wherever you go, I would go. And so these two penniless widows began their journey to Bethlehem, knowing Ruth's past would be against her living as a destitute pagan outside in the Jewish world of Judea. 
Ruth found a menial job, retrieving the leftovers of the harvest, gleaning in the fields of Bethlehem. It was the custom of the day that the next of kin had not only the rights, but the biblical responsibility to redeem and restore an impoverished relative. Boaz was a near kinsman of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. He was also a wealthy landowner in whose very fields Ruth was gleaning. Such a kinsman redeemer was known in Hebrew as a goel to his needy relatives. The idea of a goel is at the very heart of the Bible's teaching of redemption. Three requirements were associated with this one who had the ability to redeem. First, he had to have the right to do so. That is, he had to be a close blood relative. Second, he had to have the financial wherewithal, the power to be able to redeem. After all, it is one thing to have the right to redeem, but quite another to have the power to do so. Finally, the goal had to be willing to redeem an impoverished relative. Let's consider Boaz. He had the right to redeem Naomi and Ruth. He was a near kinsman of the family of Elimelech. He certainly had the power in that he was a man of great wealth, and he was certainly willing in that he had lost his heart and fallen in love with this gentle girl, Ruth, whom he was seen whom he had seen gleaning in his fields. The Lord Jesus Christ is our own very own Boaz. He has the right to redeem us. When it came to time to redeem us, he laid aside his own glory, left the splendors of heaven and came down past solar systems and through measurement space to be planted, to be planted in the womb of a young virgin girl and to be born in the very village Boaz once called home, Bethlehem. Jesus took on flesh, became one of us to meet the first requirement of the goal. Jesus also has the power to redeem us. He is wealthy enough to pay redemption's price, the price of blood that he shed to purchase our redemption or Calvary's cross. Already possessing the right and the power to redeem us, all that was left was the will to do so, and Jesus willingly laid down his own life, dying our death so we could live his life. I was Ruth, you were Ruth, we were born outside the family of God and separated from God in our sin. But we have a kinsman redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Boaz, rushed out of Golgotha. And now we can join the Apostle Paul in saying, In him we have redemption through his blood, for the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 1 verse 7. Few stories have such an incredible ending. The book of Ruth may have opened with three funerals, but it closes with a wedding. Ruth married Boaz, the lord of the harvest. Her king's married Dima. He had a son. They had a son, Obed, who had a son named Jesse, who had a son named David, the shepherd, psalmist king. Ruth, this former goddess, this former godless Moabite, became the great-grandmother of Israel's greatest king. She lived a beautiful life and left a lasting legacy, totally separated from her old life in Moab. The entire course of her life was redeemed by another person, Boaz. What a wonderful picture of you and me, which, when, I, when we truly say to our Redeemer, what Ruth said to Naomi, wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Ruth 1.16. Today, Ruth lives in, on in history and in heaven, an example for us all because of our own very kinsman redeemer, Boaz. Yes, we find Jesus here in the middle of the book of Ruth. He is our Boaz, our own very kinsman redeemer. 
I think this might be my favorite chapter of the book thus far. It's very, very, very has a very powerful message. And um I like how the author finds a way to connect the the, the story of Ruth to the story of redemption. Which is, you know, the whole purpose of the book. We are finding Jesus in every book of the Bible. And isn't it so interesting to do so? I think um, I was very moved by the idea of Ruth coming from Moab and going into Bethlehem. Right? Going away from the old into the new in, in total surrender. And she was having on the field of Boaz when Boaz sees her. Right? So she's she's basically plowing. And I, I, I liken it to, to the idea of Christians like surrendering to God's will. Right? Working at his feet. And I don't think it's the work that brings Jesus, obviously. Because Jesus... The sin is the, the price is already paid, but I, I think it's a it's a picture of humility at the feet of the cross, and I think that's very 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 interesting and very it's a spiritual message I would ho- hold on to for the rest of the week. Um, anyways, it was nice to get the opportunity to read these chapters too everyone and um i hope to do so again and yeah i would hear more from divine okay bye wow like this book of the bible it's crazy like i know we've heard about this story of boaz and Ruth. like everybody's looking for their boaz you know i think when we think down deeply into it Jesus is our Boaz. He found us. Like, you guys think about how much he had to go through just for him to come into this world. He abandoned everything he had ever known. He left nothing just for us. It's funny because even when he came into the world, the same people that he came to save did not recognize him. Wow. And he was still willing to go to the cross for us to die for our sins. How cool is it to see? And another thing that amazed me was the fact that he fulfilled all the requirements of a girl. I never knew that until I read this book. I didn't even know there were some requirements and conditions and all these things, but it was so cool to see. When you think about Ruth, what she did was crazy. And as Mike thought would say, it's only crazy until it happens. Like, she went to this place where she didn't know anybody else besides Naomi. She sacrificed everything, abandoned the people her country to stay with this woman that didn't have money, that wasn't married. Like she got there and had to get a job where she was barely anything just to make a living. Wow. And you're sometimes we have to be able to sacrifice everything that we've ever known to have a new experience with God. I think it's very 
necessary to give us a new experience give us a new awakening and it's just refreshing it feels different it feels good and i think as we read how we can find jesus in these books one of the things that i've discovered is every one of them that did anything for god or abandoned or sacrifice anything for the sake of God they always got rewarded with so much honor like um the previous episode we had talked about rehab the prostitute and how because she assisted the Israelite God incorporated her into the lineage of Jesus can you imagine that like the same thing with Boaz and Ruth, because of what Ruth did, God incorporated her into the seed of Jesus. Like, she is part of the story. She is part of it. It is worth it, guys. It is so worth it to obey God, to follow God, to do whatever God says to do. Because he always rewards us. He always provides. He always blesses us. Like, God is so much in love with us that he thinks of every opportunity, every way for him to just bless us, for him to just show us that he loves us. This needs a thank you, Jesus, right here. <laughs> I just want to pray for us because this is difficult for anybody, for me, for anybody. All right, I'm about to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for everybody on here. Whatever day it is that they are listening to this podcast, thank you for bringing them here because I know that they are here not by accident, but you have brought them here for a reason, oh God. God, whatever instruction you've given us, help us to have the courage to just do it. Help us to obey you because you said that if we would obey you, you will reward us. God, we thank you for this. We thank you for the story of Ruth and Boaz. Thank you for being our Boaz. Thank you for abandoning everything that you've ever known and you had to this world that we didn't even recognize you. God, help us to always remember you. Help us to always give you thanks for the great sacrifice that you've done and help us sacrifice ourselves and our lives to you as well. Thank you, Jesus, for this blessing. Amen. Thank you guys once again for joining me on this podcast. You guys know I'm always excited anytime I'm here. Look forward to seeing everybody in the next episode. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.